of Capscorner.com into Richmond, where it is Wednesday, May the 6th, uh, two days after um, the greatest, lamest holiday in the history of nerdery. Um, <laughs> we, we had plenty to talk about last week, and coincidentally, we have plenty to talk about this week. Although, um, I got to say, I don't think I've... They're very rare that I tweet something out and get like that much response that quick. Um, my at was like 70-something at one point. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, so anyway, we are going to have our, at least this is probably going to end up being a two part deal, but, uh, our, what if, uh, in terms of Virginia football, um, the premise seems somewhat self-explanatory, but I'll explain it anyway. Uh, what if, um, you know, UVA kept playing at Lambeth field. Okay. Um, we basically solicited, uh, the Virginia fans out there to give us some examples of things. Now, Many of these, especially one of these, which we will get to shortly, um, was the way I sort of framed this um, to, to, to Dave and, and to Ferber, um, who I guess I should introduce now that I remember it. Um, but anyway, a lot of these will seem somewhat self-explanatory, but we're going to um, – I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. First, I think he's in Fishersville. David Spence is back on the program. How's it going, dude? It's, it's going – as well as it can be, I am in Fishersville for the night. Um, looks like next Friday, maybe we can start to open. We'll see. Yeah. Um, who Dave's on the board? At who Dave's on Twitter? And um, God, are you in Reston now? Are you in Alexandria? Are you <laughs> where the hell are you, Fer- Justin Ferber, on the program as well? Are you a cop? I don't, are you Carmen San Diego? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's actually a good title. Are no, no, I'm I'm in uh, the Northern Virginia area. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah, let's not let's not uh, let's not impugn your opsec there. Yeah, I'm at Justin underscore forever on Twitter, though. And that you can access anywhere. <laughs> you can send him stuff on Venmo. Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore corner, great place for the in-game updates when they happen. Content items when they happen. Um, I'm not really good on the um, banter lately either. Man, I got to get, get my Twitter game right. All right. Um, all right, so here's the deal. I'll read a question. We'll discuss. Um, my guess is we're not – we've got my – li- my list is 15 plus 1. Um, which when I put this thing together among all of the responses, for the record, thank you very much for everyone who responded. Um, some of you will get your questions asked because you're cool, and some of you won't because you weren't. No, I'm kidding. Um, and then apparently, Ferber, Kyle sent you a bunch of questions to just, I don't know, willy-nilly ask, I guess. Um, we'll save those. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. How, are there also, any... didn't you have something we wanted to talk about before we get into this? Oh, that's right. God, I completely <laughs> forgot. That was like literally like six minutes ago. Yeah, my quarantine brain. Yeah, we'll cut all this out. Yeah, no, we're not. This is, whatever's in the show's <laughs> in the show. Um, all right. So the other day, we, yes, we do have some things, some topics to discuss. First, the other day, did anybody see? And I, we, I mean, I know that we three saw. Um, there was apparently like a Twitter beef that popped up between uh, the Carolina coaches and the Virginia football coaches, and we believe that it all originated from uh, Bateman from Carolina. His tweet about you know how Virginia is for. Carolina people or some nonsense of some graphic. I don't know. Anyway, the Virginia folks took, uh, apparently took, uh, grave amounts of, um, uh, of issue with that. And they went on a spree and everybody seemed to follow. And I think I don't, I've, I rarely have seen somebody get dunked on like throughout the day, as much as this dude just got dunked on. Um, his, his mentions really were a dumpster fire. What do we make of this? What was, I mean, so, somebody tell me what exactly happened. Cause like, I'm like, kind of like Dave was Ferber. Maybe you're, you're the guy to, 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 to discuss this. I, I didn't see it originally, but man, it, 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 it was there in a hurry. What was, so what happened? 
What what do we what do we, yeah, what do we think? It wasn't like that big of a deal. He just um I forget what position he coached. Oh, he's the offensive coordinator, right? Um or defensive coordinator. Um and he tweeted something about like it was like a graphic of this the Commonwealth of Virginia and it was blue and it said Virginia's for tar heels or something, you know, just some generic graphic. Um and I'm assuming that's what they responded to because pretty soon after that, like a bunch of UVA coaches tweeted a bunch of like Bryce Perkins running for touchdowns against North Carolina and other UVA highlights against North Carolina specifically and capitalizing the word Virginia and their tweets and different things like that, which is just fun, you know, banter um, on Twitter. It's just funny. Uh, it's interesting to see if maybe that's going to kind of get going a little bit because obviously Carolina has other rivals. Uh, UVA has Virginia Tech and then Carolina has NC State and Duke and so on and so forth. But um, perhaps recruiting can kind of like get that thing going again because North Carolina obviously having a ton of success recruiting right now. Um, they've gotten some players from Virginia since Mac Brown came back. I can't tell you how many, um, but they've had at least a couple of them. Uh, so, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see if maybe that kind of fuels the flames a little bit between the two staffs, you know, going forward, but it's just, you know, fun for a morning to see that kind of back and forth. Not, well, there, there wasn't really in fairness, a lot of back and forth. It was just a lot of like, you know, subtweeting. A lot of subtweeting, which is, you know, a lot of boredom. I mean, yeah, I was I gonna say, yeah, that's what it was, it right? Like, wouldn't happen in normal life. Yeah, yeah. dudes are sitting around, probably on some like really long. They probably wouldn't even notice that. Yeah, <laughs> they were probably sitting around events. in some like really long, fa- like staff Zoom call, and like somebody mentioned it, and then everybody jumped in, and then it became a thing. I bet you they had a good time with it. Yeah, yeah, and Bateman, you know, I didn't know until I looked it up later. You know, Bateman is from Richmond. He's from Glen Allen. He went to Randolph Macon. Um, you know, as a Hamilton City Tiger, I can't really say much about that. But um, I mean, it's weird because you know, to me, like Dre Bly is the is the Virginia connection at Carolina. But you know, at least he has a history at Carolina. Um, yeah, the whole it, the whole thing was weird. Like I said, I saw it after like a few hours into it, and it was it was weird to see Hokies going at Tar Heels and, and who's going at Tar Heels. It's the <laughs> first time they've teamed up in many years. Um, it, yeah, because I guess just, they weren't just really funny. just talking about UVA. It was like the entire. That's no, good, yeah, yeah exactly. that's a good point. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. And and, yeah. and they haven't done very well against Tech either. Which... <laughs> yeah, no, they... no. And you know, and obviously this staff Herbert. has only been there for a year, but even going back before that, you know. Yeah, despite having his recruiting success. So last year, Carolina's according to rivals, you know, which is the only thing we talk about here. Absolutely. Um, for some reason, uh, <laughs> they ranked 16th in the country last year. Uh, in the, with their recruiting class, which is really good. Um, they had one kid from Virginia last year, Ethan West from Mosley, Virginia. Yeah, he was the um, one I was thinking of. Yeah. And this year, they have zero from the state, um, from the Commonwealth so far. And and this, like, I don't want to get on a tangent on Carolina's recruiting. Carolina's kind of hit a perfect storm. Rivals has them as fourth right now. I think they're as high as second elsewhere, if such places exist. Um, every one of their recruits, except for one, is from the state of North Carolina, so it's a twofold. It's a, it's kind of like when Virginia had that really good class, to, you know, with uh, Landing and Brown and, and before. Um, it's just Carolina's really stacked this year, and really, you know, they, and they're keeping them home, which is something that Virginia, Virginia Tech have, have failed to do recently in the in in their state. So, you know, props to them, but it, it, but you know, a lot of their success is based in Carolina, and we need to keep it that way. Um, so I mean, it's just so it's so weird because I mean, if there's anyone Virginia's owned in football, it's 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 Carolina. Um, 
you know, of their big rivals. True. Speaking of getting owned, um, three, three straight wins over Carolina. Yeah. Uh, speaking of getting owned. So the other topic du jour among many, uh, recruit Knicks locally, um, and just general people who pay attention to these kinds of things is, um, I, I, I guess I can't frame it like Tech's having a rough class or a rough cycle or anything. Well, why like don't we, yeah, why don't we just go around the Commonwealth and, and just see how everybody's recruiting class? <laughs> yeah, how's everybody doing so far? ODU, what's going on? Um, yeah, UVA, good. Okay, you know, we covered them. All right, let's get to Virginia. So Tech. there was this whole, <laughs> Ferber, I'm going to lean on you to be the summarizer in chief here, but there was this whole kerfuffle leading into today's decommitment, right? Where everybody knew this thing was coming. And, it, and I can't tell if a lot of Tech fans were being, like, d- in denial about it or whether they were just like, let me just get angry uh, now. There was there was definitely some acceptance and there was some denial and there was some anger, you know, the uh, stages of grief. So so take us through the TikTok of it all. What what had happened? And, <laughs> and, 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 and There's not much. I mean, it, it seemed like it was trending towards a decommitment. He's the best player in their class, you quarterback. Should probably, we should probably mention who he is for the record. Yeah, some quarterback. Um, <laughs> some quarterback from Texas. Some four-star is it De- kid. Is it is it Demetrius I think Davis? Yeah, I think it's Demetrius Davis. Okay. Yeah, I just didn't want to botch the first name. Everybody calls him D. Um, yeah, I mean, whatever. Uh, you know, we're not a tech podcast, but basically what happened was, you know, he, he decommitted after being committed for a while, and he's opening back up, and a lot of people think he's going to go to, like, Auburn or something. Um, he apparently, I mean, I guess he didn't completely shut the door on recommitting to tech, but I just would bet against that. Those sorts of things yeah. don't happen very often. Yeah. Um, now, w- now pause, pause right here for a second. You said something that I got to be honest, blew my mind a little bit. So there are like tech specific Twitter accounts for these recruits. Can you, t- I didn't, that was Dave. Okay. Dave, okay, what? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know anything about what that. is that actually the thing? Or did you make that up? No, no. Like if you go, if you just look at replies for any of the tech commits or, you know, decommits or anyone they're recruiting hard, like Virginia Tech fans are always in their mentions. And if you look through the handles, there are so many of them that are Nate, like, you know, that the at part might not be at so-and-so fan, but you know, how you can change the name of it. Um, it'll be like so-and-so fan account or so-and-so fan account, like all these recruits, it's mind boggling. Um, you mean yeah, like with to, the kids' names? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, I mean, that's what they're called, so-and-so's fan account. And it's some hokey, like, who just constantly tweets at all the commits. Um, like, it, it's pretty impressive. I mean, there's some Virginia people that like, tweet at recruits. You should stop. Um, this is a lesson, yeah. though. I yeah. mean, like, you know, without having to, you know, make this all about Virginia Tech, I think it's a lesson because I think what we, what I saw with this kid and some other players that they've had um, – recently where they've had some wondering you know about whether they're going to stay committed that sort of thing uh, it's just don't tweet at them stuff that like could come back later and then if they decommit you're probably not best served to just be like well we didn't want you anyway or like <laughs> you know anything like that because the other kids that are committed are going to see that like and and, and, to be and honest, also the gonna... stuff you put on message boards like i mean it's yeah. not always b- broadcast out to the media but like i got a bunch of screenshots today from virginia tech <laughs> message boards of things that they do not want out in in public you know yeah um yeah or it and could you, be and, a bad look later so just and, don't do those things yeah and brad can tell you as publisher of a message board there are a lot of um 
recruit families who there have are. accounts who may I, not post. I, I feel like I say this a lot and nobody yeah, believes me. People, and I always yeah, I and I'm always and I see the people on the board like, oh, they don't read this. I'm like, dude, they read. Oh, yeah, they do. Especially nowadays, man. Like, or somebody I, that will send it to them. Exactly. Like, oh, yeah. Exactly. Trust me, everything that is up there, it, somebody that you don't want to see it saw it, right? Like every yeah. time. Yeah. You you dog some player, somebody saw it. You you said something about his recruitment and, and how, you know, we don't need him. Somebody somebody connected to him saw it. And they passed that along. Like that that just happened. And that's why when you hear us say negative things or critical things, like we mean it. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. like, you know, we're not just like getting upset and, you know, talking because we know that people like you know, I wrote a thing about in the middle of the football season last year about how the offense was not doing well. Um I don't think that the coaches are reading that stuff during the season, but I'm sure somebody, you know, somewhere saw it. Like, but I stick by what I wrote because it was right. Oh, can I tell you? Can I tell a quick story? So, how about the other day? So, we do this whole podcast uh, the other, last week, and we're talking about the logos, right? And the next day, the next afternoon, I get a call, and it's somebody from Virginia Sports, right? And immediately, I'm like, oh crap, like. <laughs> oh man, the jig is up. Like they heard us. Like I am in some. Like my credentials are about to be revoked. You know, whatever. whatever. It was completely unrelated. But what what just was really funny though is that I very rarely ever say anything on the podcast or post anything, um, be it on the site or on Twitter or whatever. That like I'm legitimately worried because like I have a meter, which is like there's just some you know, and like for a lot of people they just don't have that. Um, and I wonder if like I mean part of that's just the internet, right? Like people just feel like they can say things, and that's you know that's fine. But like on some level, like you got to be mindful of like how often these things matter to, to people. Like that might not matter to you, but man, you go on their dog. I mean, some of this stuff that Ferber pulled up today, like that's not going away. And realistically, like I can promise you this: if Ferber was up there today pulling stuff, other coaching staffs were, right? Like it doesn't take much negative recruiting uh, in black and white. You know what I'm saying? Like. Um, that stuff matters. Yeah, and I mean, some of it was like transparently bad or mean spirited. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And then some of it was just like that's not a very smart thing to say. Stuff that you would probably delete ten minutes later. That sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, it was. Yeah, I don't want to get into specific. I mean, even like there was one sort of like random anecdote that was just funny. Like the you know the guy that some <laughs> some guy tweeted at the player and Michael Vick before he decommitted when it seemed like he was gonna decommit. It was just like, hey, uh, Mike, you should reach out to this kid because, you know, we want to tell him how important it is. And, and that's there's nothing really wrong with that, but it sort of like stoked the flames because then the kid was like, I've never spoken to him. Like, he's yeah. not my idol. Yeah. Um, and, and then so like that made it almost seem worse. Like, <laughs> I don't know. But the whole thing started. The, the reason the decommit rumor started is because he deleted all the tech stuff from his Twitter profile, which seems so petty, but. It's just you know that's sometimes is a sign. Like yeah, I was going to say yeah. that that has definitely been a yeah, a, a dog yeah, whistle I mean, for I've us. I've seen UVA players decommit with that sort of stuff. So, I mean, I mean how happened. many times has Dave texted the thread and be like, um, hey guys, <laughs> did you notice? <laughs> yeah, and ninety hey, percent of the time it, it precludes something, right. You know? Yeah, it was just yeah. like that, like the logos, man. Like the night before, like oh man, these got to be fake. Nope. <laughs> you know, hey man, this kid took all this stuff off his bio. Like that's got to be a thing. Um, but anyway, yeah, not to dance on their grapes too much, but they're not having they didn't have a very good class last year. If you just look at the numbers, um, small group, I believe. This year, I mean, their 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 pole player just decommitted. Um, you know, obviously four at, stars at the, is like a friend the, of his, right? Right, at the biggest position possible, right? Yeah, I mean, that's true. 
And then also, like, they have a four-star wide receiver from Texas who some people think is, like, linked to him. Um, so If that's I the case, know. then the next few days should be very interesting. Yeah, cause right. tech, cause and they don't have a commit from the state of – they have as many commits from Virginia as North Carolina does. <laughs> yeah, zero. Um, yeah. And then there was a lot of – that's a lot of the, the bitterness right now, I think, with their fan base is just – it's not just this one player. It's like – It's the whole thing. Things the whole just situation. aren't trending in their direction. Yeah, I mean, because they all – I think I think anybody who pays attention to tech football right now understands that basically either, either Fuente is going to win this year and leave or he's going to lose and get fired, right? Like there's – there, I don't think there's a scenario short of there is no season, I guess, right? And which I apparently is now a thing, right? We yeah, I was like, gonna say we can't really write it. You know, we used to we used to be like, yeah, but I mean they're gonna have the season. Well, now who knows? Um, I mean they'll have the NCAA tournament, right? Um, but like, there's really no middle ground if they play, right? They're, he's either gonna be good enough to move on to somewhere else, or he's gonna be bad enough that they fire him. And to know your program is basically gonna exist in this like weird, I don't know, net like limbo world. Um, I mean, listen, Virginia fans understand they they lived it for like two, three years with Mike London, right? Where you were like just waiting for the axe to fall. Um, which coincidentally brings us to our uh, <laughs> that was a nice yeah. segue I Topic just created. Hope you, guys, hope you guys enjoyed that uh, that segment. That 17 minutes of us uh, laughing at rivals. Okay, not dot com. What if we did what we said we we're going to do? <laughs> what, what was that? I said. We're going to start our what ifs with our what if we had started the podcast with the what ifs we promised you. <laughs> uh, what if? What if indeed? Uh, all right. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read it and then we're going to talk about it. Um, I think I said that already. Oh, well. Um, our first question. And I tried. I, there, There's a semblance of some order here. Uh, I tried to, 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 to not put the main one at the top. Um, <laughs> get into that one. All right. So Eric wanted to know, what if UVA loses to Tech? last year and i'm i guess the implied uh rest of the question is what what's different i'm gonna be honest um one so then in that scenario they don't remind me of the remind me of the the uh the tech coastal. wins the coastal virginia goes yeah tech wins the coastal so we would have gone to i'd have yeah. been on a plane to I probably wouldn't have gone, honestly. Let's be real. I wouldn't have had a hangover the next day. A lot of things would be <laughs> there would be a bottle of uh, of Makers <laughs> that has not still been opened. Um, yeah. We would all be feeling really bad about, um, even worse maybe, about the potential of not having football season. Look, I, I think that there's a lot of enthusiasm for Virginia football coming out of that. Obviously, um, ending the streak and going to the championship game, and even if they lost, and then going to the Orange Bowl even if they lost was a significant step. I, I think that there would be a lot of questions um, because that game carried such exponential weight. You know what I mean? Like, it just – it carried so much more. Um, yeah. It, but, I mean, realistically – I don't think – at this point, we probably wouldn't have even really been thinking about what they missed out on us because they – you know, we knew they weren't going to be Clemson. Um, yeah. But I think what we would it would have just been the streak continuing. That would have been the biggest downside – and then also, it's like not only that you have to, you know, next year you don't have Bryce Perkins. You have to go on the road. It just becomes more like possible that it continues on to seventeen, you know, and then you know back home for eighteen, you know. So just we would just be in the same place we were last year, just continuing on. And I think there would have probably been some anti-Bronco sentiment in yeah. the fan base, yeah, at that point. And not not fair, but I mean, like I think that that would have existed. And I mean, oh. one, I think we, we with all these things and when it comes to specific games, right, there's a degree 
right? So like if UVA gets blown out, that's a very different reaction than if it. Yeah, I mean that's what I mean. If, if, if they had gone down and scored on the last possession and beaten UVA in a shootout, then it's kind of like, well, you know, they could have won. <laughs> and it would have felt it would have felt even worse because you felt like Tech was at a low point. I mean, heck, at that point we didn't even realize, right, that that Fuente and the whole thing with Baylor and everything that came after, right? Like it would have felt, I would say. Not necessarily, you know, you can stack them all up and the, the last one always feels the worst because of the streak. But, I mean, you know, there would have been a significant, like, there was a significant exhale after the game. So, really, what it would have been is just more pent-up frustration and, and, and um, you're right. I think that you would have had a lot of people. Maybe not, I don't want to say a lot. You'd have had some people who would have been frustrated and, and were and wondering out loud if, you know, yeah. if this was ever going to happen, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, you know, 16 or row would have been worse. Um, I do think that the big point would be, it, you know, when you've got someone who so sticks to his message as much as Bronco does, like it just it makes that message a little, you know, less um, <laughs> less appealing if it continues not to be met with results, right? Um, so, I mean, I think it, 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 helped, this, it helped the program tremendously, um, not to mention the, the exposure, like, you know, obviously Clemson, kind of took us to the woodshed and and you know, we held it on against Florida but regardless of losses those were big time big eyes on the program moments that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise so it would have sucked to have lost um yeah what I was what I was curious if people are going to ask and I don't want to we've got so many I don't want to add another question um maybe it's a good topic for another podcast is would you have traded last year's this year's win to win at tech <laughs> you because i all, think you were all about some trades right with, no we, saying, you've like, done that would, to us before you'd be like so would you trade a, a win in in bat no, i expected so if we didn't have any good questions i was gonna recommend it we had so many good ones uh, but i think it's it's one to discuss at a later time like yeah that's would it idea. have hurt tech more to beat them at tech last year when they were not going to be bowl eligible than it did to beat them and then go go to the you know, win the coastal. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, let's yeah, let's so, let's save that let's one. Save that. Um, speaking of last year, what if this is from Remy? What if Bryce Hall never got hurt? So we're gonna assume that he played the rest of the year. Was basically what we saw through the through the Miami game. I mean, listen, I, I think it's fair to say that Bryce was not having a Bryce like year to that point. I mean, I think that that's you know he he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't quite as maybe sharp earlier in the year as a lot of us, myself included, expected. That being said, I mean, what changes? Maybe they don't lose that game. Um, um, I don't think, you know, I don't know if I could say they're going to win the ACC or win the Orange Bowl with him, but it certainly would have changed some calculus, right, um, given the injuries that they had in the secondary um, and the fact that they just didn't have the depth. Having that dude be available would have been – a significant piece. What do you think, Ferber? I think it might change a few, like small things, but I don't think it really changes any results, um, because the games that they lost after that were either going to be lost anyway, or they didn't have anything to do with right. you know him. So look, I, I think maybe maybe the Louisville game they do a little bit better against yeah, the more, like the point. outside run stuff that kind of gave them trouble, but. That's hard to say. The offense was really the bigger issue at that point. The Miami game, you know, was what, like 17 to 9? So I can't really put that on the defense. Um, I would say, like, when the injuries really started to mount up after that, then it kind of got a little sketchy. Um, I would say, like, the Georgia Tech game that they won, maybe it's not as close. Yeah, like, that's fair. 
And listen, uh, maybe I think I, the Florida game, you could maybe talk me into him making a difference because they just had so many weapons. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if it makes enough of a difference to win. Yeah. What do you think, Dave? Yeah. I mean, I think number one, Bryce gets drafted higher. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good call. Good call. Yeah, not, good call. Not to, you know, he, he's a good kid and he deserved it. I mean, I think for the team itself, maybe Louisville, you're right. I mean, I think maybe Virginia wins that game with them, but I'm not sure. Maybe Clemson only beats us by you know, 25 or something. Right. <laughs> um, if we had another defensive option back there, um, Florida, maybe, maybe Florida's a tad closer. But I do think, you know, what you lose is it's what we're going to benefit from you that's know, a good if, point too. You know, what we gained is you know we've got some DBs that have experience that wouldn't have gotten it with with Bryce, um, and for him, you know, not only you know he fell to the fifth round, obviously, um, but you know he got a chance to kind of step back in, and be a coach, which I think will set him up in after football's yeah. after his playing career's over. So yeah, I mean I, for him, I'd hate, I wish he hadn't gotten hurt um, for the team, maybe the minimal, but it, it probably helps Virginia now mm-hmm. that it's over. And also, too, and not to be like, I don't know the dude's business, right? But it seems like from just the stuff he's put out publicly that 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 he had a relationship that basically sparked from the injury. And now he's engaged. Oh, yeah. You know, so I mean, oh, yeah. like, you know that's a significant part There's of another his life, negative. You know? So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm not touching that. All right. Uh, let's move on. Third. Um, my friend Brenda wants to know, what if UVA forced Navy to pass in the military ball? Now, I put this in there for a very specific reason. I want to take you guys back to that day, not because of how Please cold it was. Hard pass. But like, <laughs> yes, no. <laughs> no, no. Oh, Terrence, you you tell me how it was, and I'll, I'll stay right here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but what if, if UVA had forced Navy to pass that day, right? And the, the implication of the question is, right, that if UVA had had more success, hell, maybe even won the thing. Coming out of that game, I mean, I've covered some some rough Virginia teams, some rough Virginia seasons. Those led to some rough off seasons. That was a rough off season um, because, given you know you'd finally gotten back and you got smashed in the face. You know, they were losing Kurt Benkert. They there was uncertainty around Bryce Perkins. They you know we didn't know at that point, right? Like that, the the dude was gonna yeah. be what he was. Hell, at he that point, he kind of just saved the uh, saved it. Yeah, you know, he did. Hype. You know, and I mean, think about it. Like then that you you were losing. Like that was Micah's last season too. I mean, there was a whole lot of you know Andrew just, Brown. You know, Quinn uncertainty. Blarney. You had a you know. Um, I just remember coming out of that. You know, not I wouldn't say I was still I was worried about where it was gonna go, but man, there was just a lot of uncertainty. It would have been nice as somebody who owns a message board. It would have been nice. If UVA had been able to force Navy to pass that day, um, I do think that that would have changed that game. I, I think that goes without saying. But I do wonder too, like regardless of what the defense did, like the offense was just so rough. Yeah. Um, and so maybe maybe being able to you know get them in some rhythm or something, and you, you know keeping Navy off the field would have helped. But um, man, I <sighs> talk about a day that the only thing. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if UVA forced Navy to pass out or just had to sit in the cold longer. Um, at least <laughs> it was a quick game, but you know, getting out scored forty nine to nothing after scoring on the first play of the game, like that was a long day. Um, yeah, and I just don't think Virginia was in the right mindset that game. Uh, I don't think it mattered. Um, yeah. If they'd have forced them to pass, they probably would have played well enough to win the game. But yeah, I mean, just, that's where I was going to go with it. I was going to say I don't know if they had a pulse that day at all. Like. I don't really know if that would have. I, and honestly, I kind of read the question differently. I think 
I, the way I interpreted it was if they had gotten a, like a 14 point lead or something and then they had to pass, right? Because, I mean, you can't force a team to, to throw when they don't want to. Like an option team, they'll just run in every they'll play. Just, yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. I think if, 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 I think the way I looked at it was like if UVA maybe, what if they had, you know, got Scored that again. kick return, then got a stop, and then went down and scored again, and maybe were up like 21-7 or right. something. Yeah, then, were, yeah maybe yeah. it's a different game. That's a good point. I think at the, at the time it felt bad. Um, I remember driving back to D.C. after the game, and we were just like, what just happened? Yeah, like, there that was, was definitely, so terrible. Yes, yes. And uh, we were like, they got to change it, like a lot of stuff. Yeah, we were uh, we, we were deep in the weeds on, on that drive back about this needed to be different and that needed to be different. And, I mean, yeah. But oh. then now, like after, I think once, like na- looking back now, I don't really think it matters because, like, yeah, the, the Bryce Perkins thing happened. and then Because he was already off. committed by then. Now, you could make the argument that – Maybe it helps you with recruits a little. I don't well, know. There, there's definitely some of that. I, I think you could you could have gone to recruiting, you know, because I mean, listen. Then they 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 turned around and I mean they righted the ship. There's no way you know we were around that. My bad. But like, wait a minute. We did make them pass. They passed one time. <laughs> one whole time. They were over one. They were one whole time. <laughs> Look, what if they shut down the pass? No, but like think about it like this. So coming out, you don't of want game, to look at UVA's passing. Numbers. No, you definitely don't. Um, that ball was hard as a rock. Um, also, can we can just real quick? Can we just talk about how we, me and Brad, couldn't see anything anyway because of the freaking <laughs> frost or whatever? Yeah, yeah. In there some was ways, like, this, like there was I was on colder. the window of the press box, yeah. and every play we had to wipe it off with like a newspaper. It was like it was like you were you were you were a windshield wiper in in the rain. It was it was it was something. Um, Okay, but my my bigger point before we move on to to number three here, yeah, this is definitely turning into a two part. We're at thirty minutes. Um, so coming out of that game, I wonder because of the way it went down, what things may have changed in the McHugh, right? Like, was there a greater sense of urgency? Because I do think, and I and I and and I have some some reason to believe this that I can't say out loud, but I do think that there were some assumptions and some some um, maybe baselines uh, kind of formulated about things that the staff had to change, right? I mean, clearly that first year, they did not expect it to go as poorly as it went. You know, Broncos out there before the season started, you know, at basketball games talking about, you know, I don't stay home for the holidays and everything. So there was a lot of knob tweaking along the way. And I, I wonder it, how much of it happened like how much of their success, right? Almost in a, in a, not necessarily to like a UMBC sort of level, right? But just in terms of like the moment, like when they went into that off season, did they go in thinking, okay, after we just got, you know, we need a different off season approach. We need guys to be stronger. We need guys to be tougher, right? Because they changed training staff, because they did. They and now, granted, some of that is because Frank and his folks went to UCLA. But yeah, I it do, wasn't necessarily like they. Chose yeah, it wasn't to like play. a direct analog. But I wonder, coming out of that game, how much of what has put them on the right path was set because of the failure of that day in the level of the failure, right? Like, clearly there wasn't a lot of depth. Clearly the offense wasn't where it needed to be. You know, there was a lot of – there were a lot of issues. But it was Navy. <laughs> like that's, you know, I that's the other thing. The is it like, yeah, that's my – exactly yeah, it. If you get pushed around by South Carolina the following year, it's like, okay, you know, South The Carolina. other thing you have to remember is <laughs> – like Navy was a triple option team. And at that point you had to beat a really good triple option team to win the coastal. So it wasn't like you could just brush it off. Like that was something you had to. Be oh able yeah. To play and they had already played it that year, you know, and like, we know so how like, proud Bronco is about defending the triple option. So yeah, I think, yeah, the whole thing, I mean, 
Well, also, you have to remember, too, like, that game was not in a vacuum either. Like, they had lost, like, five out of six or something. Yeah, they barely made a bowl game with that. Beating Georgia Tech, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Beating Georgia Tech. How did I forget that? Um, so, yeah, I mean, God, uh, we, can we make a moratorium on discussing that game anymore, <laughs> ever? Yeah. It's all Brenda's fault. Okay. Yeah, sorry, um, Brenda. All right, here's a fun one. Uh, Daniel wants to know, what if Khalid got off the field? <laughs> Which is an old I cut. Okay, a, all right. I would I, have had a stroke in section one sixteen. <laughs> I have some thoughts actually. <laughs> Hashtag um, analysis. So, if I remember, I haven't looked up anything about this game, but I do remember this play. Uh, I believe they were down six. Um, there was not a lot of time left, but enough time to go win the game. UVA was on a straight heater. Uh, Philip Sims came off the bench and scored like three touchdowns in a row or something. Um, and Louisiana Tech had a terrible defense. So if he doesn't get, if he, assuming that they were going to go for it, it, you know, obviously we have to see what happens, but if UVA stops them, I think they win that game. If they win that game, they might make a bowl. Um, obviously you'd have to flip another result along the way, but I think also you would have a lot more momentum for Philip Sims at that point than there was because they lost that game, even though he played pretty well off the bench. Um, it was like a really weird game. There's like a lot of big plays, um, I still don't think it changes that team very much, but I think maybe maybe you get to six and six um, if you win that game, and and then maybe take some momentum into whoever they played next, which I'm assuming was a loss. Um, but at the same time, if he doesn't get off the field, then you don't get the sound bite. So I think it's about even. <laughs> That's true. <sighs> Can I, get I think off the, the sound bite's almost worth I re- it. I remember that game differently. That game was different. Virginia led that game twenty-four to ten and gave up. Yeah, they got off to a good points. start. I remember Khalid Shepard actually had like a long touchdown in that game um, from Rocco, I believe. Yeah, and then and then Louisiana Tech, who had Sonny Dykes on a really good offense, just started pouring on points. Thirty-four straight points. And then I think UVA kind of rallied back, and that's what I'm saying. Like they were moving the ball at will when Philip Sims came in the game. Yeah, he had. Oh, he had Phil two Sims. touchdowns. He had a touchdown to UVA legend Adrian Gamble. Yeah, so Sims came in in the fourth quarter, yeah, threw a touchdown to McGee, threw a touchdown to Adrian Gamble, and then, yeah, though he forced them to punt and got the penalty. Um, but, yeah, it was – so, like, I didn't realize what happened until I'd realized what happened. Right? <laughs> That's a terrible thing, but you know what I mean. Like, like yeah, I saw the – I mean, I think they ran – didn't they run their punt team on late? Or they ran the punt it's a, team it was, off. It's a very, very savvy yeah. coaching move by Dykes, and other teams have done it since. Um, yeah. Like, uh, basically what he did was he ran the punt team on. Well, he didn't run anybody on. UVA used their last timeout, right? Yeah. yeah. And then it was like, I think, I think there was like a, yeah. Well, the shocking part was that they had any. <laughs> um, I think I think there was like a minute left or something. It was to the point where if Louisiana Tech got a first down, the game was over. Yeah. Um, and they ran the offense out while UVA sent their punt team out. And of course, like when that there, there's no rule on substitutions because you're coming out of a timeout, like yep. there's no mandatory, Oh, you have to wait for the other team to sub rule. So, um, yeah, I think that they had, and since Kalik oh, was Louisiana tech player, he couldn't just play defense, you know, Virginia used their last timeout on third down. Um, oh, yeah, and I think Louisiana Tech used one or something. And then Louisiana Tech called a timeout after running. Yeah, they like let it run all the way down and then called and a timeout. Then or that's where they got us. They came out of the timeout. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they man. came out of the timeout with their <laughs> offense, and then UVA didn't know what to do and freaked out. 
145 to go. All right. All right. Uh, we're just picking the good times. Yeah, yeah. Time. All right, here's a what if game. You are going to go over. Yeah, there's. Yeah, go. I mean, there's really not. Why would you ask what if? You know, why would you be like, what if Chris Long had decided not to go to UVA? I mean, that would be. That's not a fun question. Um, although I haven't looked at my mentions in the last hour, so if somebody asked that, that was completely coincidental. All right, we're at 36 minutes. Um, I'm gonna. <laughs> get to the... I mean, can we really have a, a part one if we don't talk about Ronald Curry? I feel like we have to talk about Ronald Curry, and if we do, that's basically the rest of the show. Um, so I don't uh, no, think you know, I, I, you know, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna jump two spots, and Clark asked, "What if Michael Vick came to UVA?" I I understand the question because it is a what if game, right? You could literally say, "What if Vince Young came to UVA?" Right? Um, there is this. There seems to be this this like myth out there that terrible misconception that right that Michael Vick. If UVA had not pressed for Ronald Curry, that Michael Vick would have come to UVA. If you believe this, I'm sorry, but that was that's not a lot of like that's just a lot of like hoop jumping and assumptions. Yeah, it's it's what uh, it's what one a nerd podcast I listen to likes to call wish casting, right? That's wish casting. Well, basically, you're saying the idea. I get the idea. It's you're saying not only did he screw us out of not having him, but also, he also kept there was this us generational from not talent. Being able to get right. this other player who ended yeah. up being much better. Now, listen. All fairness to to Michael Vick, who, who was you know a solid prospect and everything. He won't Ronald Curry. Ronald Curry was the truth and the and the light. I mean, that dude as a as a high school player, which seems hilarious to me that like the evaluations were so wrong. Like well, but, Michael I mean, Vick I, was right down the street. Did people not see how far <laughs> he could throw the ball? Well, it's not just that. I mean, and, and again, RVA who said, "What if Ronald Curry had come to UVA?" Listen, I, I I'm a firm believer, even though I run a recruiting website, that yes, you whatever the clay that you are is 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 a substantial part of the story, right? But like, there's a reason Ronald Curry didn't work out, and it has nothing to do with how good he was, right? And I'm a firm believer that changes of scenery matter, right? Where you go, what path you're on, the coaches you're around, how you are developed, how you are used. Like, we're going to get to, I guess, next week at this point, there's a question about Vic Hall if he had played quarterback. Like, imagine if Vic Hall had been a quarterback in this time frame of football, right? There's another question about another former Virginia player in this time. of, But, like, if, if Ronald Curry had come to UVA, what would have been different for him, right? Who would he have worked with? What would be the system he would have been in? Um, I, I think those are all fair questions that significantly deter him from the path that he eventually led, right? Which was he was stuck, it felt like to me, from you know a ways away, it felt like he was always stuck in the sense of like he went to a basketball school and he probably should have focused on football. Um, yeah, I mean, he did play in the NFL for a while. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. He's not a bad I mean, athlete. Yeah, exactly. Like, imagine if he had, could have gone, and I'm not saying that if he had gone to UVA and played both sports, that, like, life would have been easier. But I don't think you can be in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and be, wasn't he, I'm pretty sure he was a McDonald's All-American in basketball, right? And be yeah. that guy, and then, you know, oh, I'm 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 going to run down here to the, I mean, where was, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not the same. Also, wasn't Carolina like I don't really remember a ton about those like games. I do remember him coming to Charlottesville and getting like the chance and all that. Um, were, weren't they bad? I, th- I, no. Dave, no, tell no. me. 90, 96 Carolina. Oh was, wait, like, that's num- the like that's a, that's a good Carolina team. True. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I'm um, thinking Curry of like I guess like the end of his career. Like, yeah. 
Curry was class of 98. Um, so he was being recruited by Matt. Oh, Brown. no, no, no. I mean the teams he was on. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I was going to get to that in my little thing. But um, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, he was like, so 96, North Carolina was top five, mm-hmm. or at least top 10 when Virginia yeah, for sure. in, in Charlottesville. And then 97, UNC wasn't terrible. I think that was Max last year. Mac Brown's like a bad um, penny. <laughs> yeah, he just can't beat Virginia. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like he was – like Carolina at that point, they weren't like – but you have to think about where Virginia was at that point too. 95, you know, they were a power program. 96 team may have been, to me, and the old heads will probably you – know, some of them will agree, some will disagree. I think the 96 team, if they'd had a better quarterback, was probably – a better team than the 95 team 97 wasn't bad 98 you know had a good year um 99 was kind of a transition year into 2000 but I mean, virginia at that point had as much going forward as carolina you know 97 carolina no i take it back 97 i was wrong uh <laughs> 97 carolina was mac brown's last year they went 11 and one finished the yeah in fourth I was, in the country. I was gonna say didn't they go to like a like a bcs bowl or something they last beat, year they beat tech in the gator bowl 40 yeah 42 to 3 and i mean that pretty much got him the texas job like yes you know. and then he was gone i so never he, you know yeah. what i i don't think i realized because that's the same that's the same year right that beamer basically took the job to not take the job that's the same yep. yeah because then carl torbush came in and took oh, it oh good old carl <laughs> and, and uh, don't we all remember that era good old coral yeah so i mean so at that point you know we think about virginia fan you got virginia tech coming on you know at that point you know they had they weren't established like they they were after the vic years um but from the mid 90s on i mean they were good yeah but you also had if you think about it from the we've had this discussion your rival unc versus vt so the guys who were around then unc was a bigger rival to us than vt because they're in the same conference in their basketball program you know as well yeah i don't think so the UNC, con- i think the conference thing is a bigger deal than people realize now like the younger you fans like when they yeah. weren't in the acc there was absolutely no basketball rivalry with them whatsoever yeah. like i remember going to once a, a year in november yeah i remember going to Roanoke or richmond right I mean, yeah i remember to go yeah. see and, and ace custis was on the team and, and they guess, were just bad yeah. like you know they were just not yeah. good but what i mean is even in football it was a little different because there was like a there was like an inferiority that they had being in the Big East, or and UVA fans would like hold it over them, like yeah. you're oh, yeah, in yeah. crappy league, like because if they beat us, except like, for they Miami, might not even go to a good bowl game, you know? <laughs> they could beat you; it wouldn't hurt your conference stand. And ACC had better tie-ins, so right, Virginia right. could lose the Tech and have a better bowl game. It um, definitely feels like, like in in like a lot of science fiction stories and movies, shows, whatever. They're like inflection points when you talk about time travel and things like these these things that happen. These are like big deals, right? So like if you if you're a nerd about like Back to the Future, like I am, like the lightning striking the clock tower, right? All right, it certainly feels like you can trace a lot back to that. And if you think about an alternate reality where Virginia has Ronald Curry and um, one, that you would imagine that that would have helped on the recruiting trail, right? I mean, I think and who is he not? Who is he playing in 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 place? Yeah, of what was the Dan depth Ellis? situation? Yeah, like Dan Ellis was then on that team on those teams. Uh, was that the <laughs> maybe on Willis years? Into, like the early Schaub, and then you have like the Bryson no, Spinner year. Yeah, Dan Ellis, Matt Schaub, Bryson Spinner. Um, yeah, that's who he. But if nothing yeah. else, he's giving you a bridge to the like, yeah. a better quarterback, right? And then, but here's the thing, like like not to, I'm gonna butt in because no, go I'm ahead, lose butt, all my points, but so y'all keep talking. Like, I think if you had gotten Ronald Curry and he had decided to focus on football, it would have been a huge deal. Yes. But with him split, splitting between the two, he became an okay player in both. Fair. Um, so 
if he'd have done that in Virginia, I think the benefit would have been from the 757 tie-in because you didn't like Virginia ended up losing out on Curry. Obviously, they didn't have a chance with Michael Vick, who was third in the state that year. Um, he went to Tech and redshirted, obviously. So Virginia missed the chance on two 757 quarterbacks to come lead their program, ended up with a guy from Pennsylvania, followed by a guy from Pennsylvania um, leading their school. So I think the bigger loss for Virginia was a chance for everyone who idolized, like Ronald Curry and Michael Vick, you know, and Allen Iverson, a quarterback back in the day. Those guys were legends and in, in, in the seven five seven. And if you, at a very, if you know anything, they still yeah. talk about it. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I mean, Ronald Curry is was like super mediocre, and people still. And I'm sure there's a lot of younger UVA fans listening to this. Like they never saw him play. They probably think he was like a lot better than he actually was, because like the the story is missing him as a recruit, not what he ended up ended up doing. Like what Michael Vick is, it's not missing him as a recruit. It's what he ended up doing. If that makes sense. So, all right, so let's let's play this out. So, so UVA gets Ronald Curry. Tech would have still gotten Michael Vick, right? So you sort of have to assume that simply by getting Ronald Curry, you don't – It's because that was an inflection point of sorts, right? It was a time frame where if UVA had been able to if, – if somehow Virginia Tech doesn't get Michael Vick, they're not the Virginia Tech we know of today. That program isn't what it is even now. It would not have ever become what it was, right? Well, it's also crazy that – like I just didn't mean to cut you off, but like I was just thinking about this. There was this one, and then there was another one in the 07 class, yes. which I know somebody asked you about. Yes. Peter Lalek, Tyrod Taylor, yes. and Russell Wilson. Yep. yep. It's and like the exact same thing. Yeah, that's, like, the, that's, the, that's definitely going to come up in part two. But you're exactly right. It's an inflection yeah. point, right? And so like there's this, there's this chance. Again, you're not going to get – you're not going to get Michael Vick to not go to Virginia Tech just because you got Ronald Curry. What you could have gotten, though, was supporting cast around Curry. I think Dave's point about, you know, if he had chosen one, he, he's one thing, but if he, since he did both, yeah. I, I think that we have, to at least, we have to at least entertain the possibility that because of where he went, like we're not saying he tried to do that at, like, Pitt, right? Like he did that at, at literally one of the, like, what, four – you know, foremost basketball elite factories in the country, right? Like, and I think that was probably part time. of it, you know? And like, yeah, that, especially at that time, right? Like, yeah, this is before they took a backseat to UVA. <laughs> Imagine a scenario, <laughs> right, where he, he goes to UVA and he does play, but let's talk about what UVA basketball was like then. You know, he, he, he could have very easily played basketball and that would have been a thing and he probably would have been fine, right? Like, think about where UVA basketball was at that time. Right. It, it, yeah. it was not an hour. They are now. It, yeah, exactly. It was not the same situation, you know, um, and, and certainly like he would have been looked at in a very different way. Right. There was an expectation for him when he got to Chapel Hill to be everything everywhere. Right. UVA probably would have seen him as as a messiah in, you know, in some ways without all of the external pressure, you know, now granted, he would have been, yeah. you know, quote unquote at home. Um, and he would have been playing with a lot of teammates, and I, I'm I'm not sure what the Carolina also imagine how like big then, those Curry versus Vic games would have been. Well, that's the other, that's exactly where I was going. Like, imagine a scenario where right right around the time Virginia Tech is becoming, um, you know, a bona fide sort of you know national name or whatever. Right, Virginia's pretty good, and not in the midst of the of the the end of the um the welsh tenure and everything you know what i'm saying like it it could have significantly shifted so many other narratives the one thing that it can't do is it it can't shift 
Tech getting Michael Vick. And Tech will, if Tech gets Michael Vick on some level, that program is what it became. So you, but, but at the same token, if you had Ronald Curry and probably a lot of other talented kids, might have been able to, to do more against Virginia Tech, not just in, in his tenure, but their forward because of the talent you were getting. I mean, I think that's one of the unknowns with something like this is like you, you, you have to sort of assume in a question like this that, that good things would have happened, right? You wouldn't be like, right. yeah, well, he would have been a bust. Like, no, but that's not a, a fun answer to the what if question. But you have to at like least entertain the possibility. Yeah, I feel like Curry had some friends that were already like silently committed to Virginia when he committed. Like, I'm trying to remember their names. Um, Blizzard Bobby and Blizzard, uh, yeah, Bobby, Bobby Blizzard. Blizzard right? he, ended and, uh, to, he ended up going to Kentucky though, didn't he? I think I'm, um, I'm not entirely sure. The tight end. Other, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and there was a linebacker, I mean, right? There was a linebacker. Right, yeah, I'm looking it up. Keep, uh, keep talking. Yeah. Keep talking. So, I mean, Curry's career. You know, if if you look at their numbers, Dan Ellis had a much more productive career. Um, so, you know. <laughs> Who is Dan Ellis? Anyone yeah. UVA fan under thirty says. <laughs> so Dan Ellis, quarterback, Virginia is the starter in '99. Right, started ten of the games, threw for two thousand yards with twenty touchdowns and ten interceptions. So '99 would have been the year Curry would have started. A Darnell Hollier um, was his other was the other kid. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, and then Curry that year at Carolina only started five games, threw three touchdowns, ten interceptions. Um, Curry's best season was his junior year in 2000. He completed 53.6% of his passes, which at that time wasn't terrible. I think it was six in the league. Like back then, guys didn't complete 70%. Um, but he threw 11 also, touchdowns, Also, the offenses interceptions. were dumb. Yeah. Like but Curry career, probably never got to play in an offense that was right. Like he was no. probably lining up under center, running, you know, play actions. Yeah. and Exactly, <laughs> which is – Kind of where, you know, even if you play play it out, Virginia getting Michael Vick, like at that point, you have to think about what Virginia was as a program versus Tech. Like Virginia was an established program with George Walsh, who was, you know, even with Aaron Brooks, like they didn't do much out of the shotgun. Most of the stuff was under center. Like the reason Tech did what they did with Vick is because they kind of just let him do what he wanted to on offense. And I don't think that would have happened at Virginia with a more structured program. Um, you know, a lot of his stuff was after the after the fact, but. If you're just yeah, I mean, all of his highlights were just off-script plays, boots and runs, and you know, electric plays that he made on his own. I mean, I would say the three key points if you don't get Curry would be one, you miss that, you missed out with a connection in the seven five seven to one of their all-time greats, um, which would have certainly helped because you know Carolina added another one in addition to Dre Blah, who's now on the coaching staff. I'm trying to think. I mean, Mark Biscuit's probably one of the best seven-five-seven players. Biscuit and Elton Brown. Yeah. Um, but they're not in a position to, that has a, the face of that. So you, you miss out on that tie-in. Secondly, um, I forgot the second. Second, you lose <laughs> good podcast topics. I mean, I mean yeah. <laughs> if you come All to right. Virginia, real so. quick, I, I want to give people because a lot of people out there might not know this story. So this is a this is a Dateline September seventh, nineteen ninety-seven, from one David Teal. I hope he hope he does well in the, business <laughs> in the years to come. The deci- he might make it. Actually, probably by this point, he was already a gr- uh, the Hall of Famer. All right. The decision reads, the announcement made. Ronald Curry, Curry boarded the mode. I'm not going to read the whole story. Uh, besieged for nearly three years by, uh, by questions about um, his college destination, it was finally time to relax. It got to be too much. It was killing me, man. Uh, he said, as we cruised westbound on 64 toward the University of Virginia. Can we just talk for a hot second about how David Teal was embedded <laughs> with Ronald Curry, Darnell Hoyer, and Bobby Blizzard uh, after they've already announced their commitment 
Um, so apparently they told um, Mike Smith, oh, that's another, that's another angle of this. Because the Mike Smith thing and everything fell apart, right? So you're talking about all of the talent that they would have gotten specifically from Hampton. Not just, not just the 757 as a whole, right? Because Mike's, I mean, th- there was a massive falling out thereafter, yeah. right? Um, apparently, Which, I mean, I don't know if that's even, I mean, I'm not saying it's like a broken relationship now, but they haven't exactly pulled a lot of guys out of there. Yeah, that, well, that's my point. That's kind of the Young David point, Watford right? is <laughs> one of the David only Watford. ones I can think of. Um, um, there was another kid, Brant, somebody Brown, whose name I can't, first name I can't remember. Jamal right. Brown. That's right. All right, so... Yeah. Um, Apparently, Curry told Dave that David Teal, not David uh, Spence, that would be weird, um, <laughs> that that he had made this decision months before this, that he had settled on UVA months before. But other forces, coaches, family, shoe company representatives, pulled him in other directions, delaying the decision by July 1st. The first day of college basketball coaches could call high school seniors a chase for him as at warp speed. By that evening in September the 3rd, the previous Wednesday, the chase was over. He and his teammates had said they were going to go to UVA together. Uh, I mean, reading that and like, oh, he can. So it's not just that UVA missed out on a kid uh, who decided to, to to flip. No, no. This kid had decided months before that he wanted to go to UVA. And everybody around him basically pushed him not to go, it sounds like. Um a shoe company reps. <laughs> yeah, it sounds it sounds like they won out. All right, now yeah. now I I, I know yeah. I've mentioned my my dad's friend Jimmy Everett before, um, and I'm pretty sure his grandson listens to this podcast. So if um, if he's listening, um, make sure you tell Pop about this because he's going to enjoy this. He used to always be so angry about like he stopped wearing Nike stuff for years and years and years, right? And like at the time, and now he's gonna do it again. Now he's now he's reminded, right? <laughs> yeah, Virginia uh, was a Reebok school. Then. Now, now after he saw those logos last week, he's like, "Yep, I'm done with them again." But no, like think about it, man. Like, um, I, all those times, like I just thought it was like you know just typical fan stuff, you know, thinking that there's a conspiracy when there's no conspiracy, and like, oh, it was, it was real. Oh, also, man. this is before everything was so ob- easily tracked through cell phones, and yeah. It was just so much easier to cheat back in the day. I, I guarantee you there's coaches in college football and basketball right now that say that, like in their offices. They're like, man, it used to be so much easier to cheat. <laughs> like, oh you God, couldn't believe how easy it was to cheat in 1984. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I'm trying to – I just found this article from – Oh, wait, wait, wait. 19- I got more. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Oh, hold on. Wait, wait. This is, this is gold. Um, this is from July of that year. North Carolina and Virginia, again, are omnipresent as Curry plays um, at the Boo Williams um, All-Star game uh, in um, Orlando. Um, Naturally. Amateur Athletic Union. Just seeing it written as that as opposed to AU is just interesting. And why would um, – so? but midway through the tournament, the Cavaliers play a trump card. Solomon, uh, a New York uh, – Newport News native who was an assistant coach, travels to Hampton to just hang around the weight room and chat with Mike Smith. Why would Virginia's basketball staff court – uh, Curry's football coach. Easy. Smith wields considerable influence, and he often encourages players to attend uh, college and state. When Curry leads the Hampton Roads team to the tournament final, Solomon rushes back to Orlando because Jeff Jones is committed to be elsewhere on the uh, recruiting circuit. During a 90-minute interview, ready for this? Curry says he plans to commit in early September to either Virginia or North Carolina, with the Cavaliers the probable choice. Curry shows detailed knowledge of both schools, rattling off depth charts at quarterback and point guard. At Virginia, he says, it will be my show. Okay, I'm I'm like retroactively saltier. Like what? And then he didn't go to UVA, and nobody and uh, there's nothing weird about that at all. 
Ronald doesn't oh, need to take. No, I'm, hold on. Go ahead. Sorry. Ronald doesn't need to take college visits all around the country if he knows in his heart where he wants to go. Mike Smith says, uh, Ronald knows where he's going to school. He's known for a long time. Like, oh man. But then Nike has an eleven million dollar endorsement contract with Carolina, Virginia affiliated with Reebok. Yep. Oh my god. Yeah, there's another article from Virginia. Yeah, it's like Teal was Teal was dropping the knowledge before. Seriously. Before oh, it even became a thing. The embed on <laughs> so, the on the embed on the actual um, Winnebago or whatever on the way to Charlottesville was incredible. Just an incredible no. flex. So this article ran in the Virginia Pilot September third, nineteen ninety seven. Ed Miller wrote it. And it says Nike is hoping to curry favor with Hampton High star. And it goes on. Like, it says Hampton High's Ronald Curry has one more item on the resume that certifies him as a can't-miss talent, a Nike deal. He doesn't, he doesn't profit <laughs> Imagine personally. Imagine seeing from, that now. Yeah. He doesn't profit personally from the deal, but because of him, Nike will ship free basketball shoes and gym bags to Hampton High for the third consecutive year. Nike started a relationship what? with them his first year... He played it like it says here. Like they're they start. He's interviewing the freaking Nike guy. And oh god, let me get the article. Asked about Hampton, George Raveling, the former Southern California and Iowa coaches, head Nike's grassroots program, initially said the school had been sponsored for a number of years before Ronald Curry came along. How many years? He was asked. Three years. Hasn't Curry been in Hampton that long? Then that might have something to do with it. Raveling said. I mean, dude. can you imagine this happening? Twitter would be like, okay, here we go. I was around for this. I've never seen this article. Twitter would have been uh, a dumpster fire. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I guess that. But also, I think back then, people when they thought when they thought of like cheating, I think the ideas were different. Like the yeah, ideas I mean, were like people get just getting paid like duffel bags of money by the school. Like <sighs> this is you know they they were ahead of the game. Like. So now, how, like looking back, the shoe company thing seems very nefarious because we all, all of the stuff that we know. But back then, maybe it just didn't, you know, raise alarms, so to speak. All right, hold on. Um, oh hold on, hold on. Wait, this wait. is just a round three podcast. Yeah, now. seriously. But you know, what's really funny is that people who we were need like, to do like a, we need to do like a serial style like thirteen <laughs> episode. It was the morning of September the fifth. Ronald Curry is on time for school that day. But really, we wanted to know. No, I can't. I can't do the impression. Okay, listen. <laughs> so, following the game, Curry and his teammates are allowed into Virginia's locker room. Soon thereafter, they're sound asleep in the motorhome as it heads back home, where it arrives at two twenty-five a.m. All right. Uh, for the record, Hampton players had to enter had to pay two dollars each to get into the stadium um, to watch the game that night. Um, That's weird. But they got to join Virginia's basketball coaches and several of the school's former players in a hospitality tent at halftime. Anyway, all right, Curry is on time for school the next morning and makes a point of talking to his basketball coach, who is voiced concerned that Mike Smith railroaded the commitment, but after speaking to Curry, he's satisfied. Ronald's content with his decision. That's all that matters to me. That night, Hampton, which had won 27 straight, is facing Kikitan, the last team to beat the Crabbers, an overflow crowd of 10,000 at Darling Stadium watches Hampton win 27-7. The Clinton touchdown coming on Curry's 101-yard interception return, which he punctuates with a swan dive into the end zone. What? Like, I feel I feel robbed. I've, I mean, like, even more so than I did at the time. Like, I would like to go back to 1997, Brad, and just apologize to him. Because, man, I listen, I, I knew the kid was amazing. I just don't I, – I don't think I realized, that, like, that this recruitment was as heavily in UVA's favor as it was. 
Um, I mean, I knew I mean, back then, like your sources were newspapers, right? I mean, you weren't getting it from elsewhere. So like the, the people I knew who knew people said Curry was a silent commitment for, you know, for months, which turned out to be true. So when he ultimately signed with Carolina, it was a, a kick in the gut. Now, even now, like I don't remember. Like, I know we all joked it was Nike and all that stuff. But the fact these articles existed and there wasn't some kind of investigation is mind-boggling. Yes, that's the other thing I'm thinking. Like, I mean, well, it's like, how does George Walsh not just like, uh, like, you know, like call? Listen someone. to this from this this same article I was reading. It says Hampton is currently the only state public school on Nike's list. The only other Virginia school with a sponsorship is Oak Hill. And then, and then they interview. I wish we had one. Laughed Phoebus high coach David Blizzard. His son Bobby <laughs> plays for Hampton. And Blizzard is a former junior varsity coach at the school. All right, check this out. July 29th of that year, two days before they're uh, to play in a benefit basketball game at Hampton Coliseum, Ronald Curry and NBA Rookie of the Year Allen Iverson play pickup ball at Hampton. Dean Smith, um, Ford, and Guthridge just happen to be in the bleachers. How? What? <laughs> what? Why? How? What? All right. Boo Williams, who's Nike sponsored Summer League, no, is organizing get, a benefit. No, we need to get Teal on here, like ASAP. Seriously. We do. Can you just clear up a few things? For also us? attends the pickup session, as does Hampton High basketball coach Walter Brower, whose team receives free Nike shoes. Nike has the es- uh, estimated, uh, sorry, the $11 million endorsement contract. Virginia's affiliated with Nike. We got a war on our hands, Solomon tells a friend. Two days later, Hours before the benefit game, Curry just changes course, saying he'll delay his decision until November. The purpose, he says, is take an official visit um, to North Carolina, Virginia, one of which he plans for November 8th to Chapel Hill. This is vintage Dean Smith. This is trouble for Virginia. North Carolina plays Florida State on November the 8th in what could be the biggest football game in Tar Heels history. The atmosphere of a night game at Keenan and a sold-out afternoon basketball exhibition at the Dean Dome has been enough to win over many recruits, including Jerry Stackhouse. Clearly, the basketball side of the tug and war uh, has urged Curry to slow down, and he's listened. At the benefit game, Curry allows Iverson to steal the show. But Jones, Solomon, and Ford are not there to see Iverson. Wait, so Jeff Jones and, and Anthony Solomon were there too. What was this world where basketball <laughs> coaches could just hang out? and what, uh, Dudes <sighs> couldn't walk in with their cell phone and take a picture. That's what this word was. So here you go. Uh, Ready for this? I mean. Hold no, on, wait, wait. This, day, is, this is, is so much This easier. is all lean. Ready for this? All right. Um, all right. They're, they've come to see Curry. Here we go. Uh, Phil Ford sitting on the press row. Is joined at halftime by Brower, who at that point was Hampton's basketball coach, who's wearing a North Carolina T-shirt. <laughs> halftime. Uh, this is like a charity game. Yeah, it was apparently like a a, a charity game in Hampton Coliseum. Um, <laughs> also, this is like Allen Iverson in his prime. Who also, for the record, wore <laughs> Reebok. Turn down Nike. Yeah. Um, all right, let's. They see. talk about it in this article. Yeah, after what he got his conviction. Well, if I had to list people that I would like to have on the podcast next week, number one, Ronald Curry. Number two, David Teal. David Teal. <laughs> <laughs> number three, uh, and it's probably in reverse. Likely. Oh, snap. Okay, wait, wait. This gets better. <laughs> this is in August. While Curry is at home on the phone with Solomon, Kenny Crawford is at the dining room table completing his paperwork to enroll at Virginia. Crawford and Curry live together with Lillian Crawford, Ken- Kenny's grandmother, and Ronald's legal guardian. Uh, Ronald's mother, for the record, did leave, live in uh, Rocky Mount, um, which is obviously North Carolina. Kenny had spent uh, three years at VMI um, before deciding that that was not for him, so he came home to look at his options. The best was Virginia, which awarded him a football scholarship, prompting questions whether the Cavaliers were shamelessly pandering to Curry by signing a marginal prospect who just <laughs> happened to be his friend. 
and basically his, you know, for all intents and purposes, his brother. People <laughs> that can, would never happen. People Come can on. say whatever they want, Danny Wilmer said at the time. We needed receivers, and he needed a place to go. He contacted us. <laughs> Lillian Crawford, who the, who the boys call people Big Mama. People can say whatever they want. Believe they're, believes Kenny and Ronald are a package. I don't say much, she says, but I think Ronald will follow Kenny. Big Mama, he did not follow Kenny. Yeah. I what look a up Kenny Crawford's stats. I know his name. Did he end up going to UVA? Yeah, he accepted scholarship man I, every, everybody that doesn't know or care about this is like what the hell is going on right now so, yeah so so then august frank McHugh has been uh, virginia's team doctor for 37 years uh and a doctor choice of many state high school it isn't unusual for McHugh to examine an injured high school uh, athlete in any sport and on this th- thursday afternoon he welcomes curry he's been hampered by a sore right heel throughout preseason football practice prompting mike smith to arrange for a trip to charlottesville um, the, an assistant coach drives him and Bobby Blizzard to the campus where they just happen to meet uh, with Jones, football coach George Welsh, and several assistant coaches. This is not an NCAA violation. If a prospect makes his way, way to campus, coaches are permitted to show them around. Uh, McHugh examines Curry, assures him the injury is not serious, and gives him some inserts for his shoe. He later meets with Welsh and offensive coordinator Sparky Woods, then with Jones. During his chat with Jones in the basketball locker room, Curry noticed the retired jerseys hanging on the wall and asked if number 22, his Hampton number, is available. It's on reserve for you, Jones tells him. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Okay, can we just – I just want to – I want to go – I want to find the DeLorean from Back to the Future, and I just want to go back to 1997 and just drive around with David Teal to these things. Man, what the, like Curry would had to have been the the best player in both sports that season, right? What who else came well, out? Also now, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, now we have like you know, there's been so many really high profile players from Virginia that I don't think there's anyone that would move the needle like this, like like you know, unless it was like a Trevor Lawrence type, you know, generational quarterback prospect or something, like yeah, you know, nobody's doing this for Tony Grimes. You know he's gonna be like a top ten player in the country. Well, the players recruit the players are promoting themselves now. Like that's the difference. Like, I mean, Ronald Curry was getting, ah oh, man. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying like they have Twitter. They they have their own personalities. Do you guys yeah. know what he's doing now? I don't. No idea. He's the wide receivers coach for the New Orleans Saints. Is he? Because he ended up getting drafted in the seventh round by the Raiders. Yeah, he played the Ra- he played wide receiver for the Raiders for a while, yeah. and he was decent for a couple of years. Like he was an athlete, no doubt. He was just, like a slot guy. I mean, if you're you know if you're a college football fan, you know how much time they spend. Um, imagine because Matt Blunden played. You know, Matt Blunden was a very good quarterback at UVA. Um, part of the 1990 discussion that will eventually happen in part six of this episode. Um, <laughs> The, yeah, the dude played in the NFL for seven years. Yeah, he was he threw one whole season without interception. Like, um, and he was a really good power forward. You know, he was he was as fundamental as they get. Um, and then I'm trying to think. Terry Kirby played basketball at UVA. Um, but you know, it was clear. Yeah, it was kind of different back then. Yeah, I remember there was a Sports Illustrated article. I mean, I forget how long ago it was, but I remember the subject was Brian Brom. Do you remember him? Quarterback oh, yeah. Louisville. Yeah. And it was like the death of the three-sport athlete where, you know, he played football, basketball, and baseball. Um, and it was like, you know, he's like the last of a dying breed because all these players are starting to specialize in their sports and stuff like that because he was like a huge prospect coming out of high school. My so, last favorite line from this article, it, it says, for his part, Curry downplays Nike's interest in him. I don't know if they give us shoes or not, he said. Curry said he's attended the Nike Cap the last three years, largely because of Boo Williams. Someone from Adidas called, but Curry wasn't interested in in that camp. 
it wasn't a hard decision. He said, I've never wanted to do this in my life. <laughs> so, and then his, his final line is if, if, I, if Nike won't be a factor in my decision, if that was the case, I wouldn't be considering Virginia. They were a Reebok. Yeah. Also, I'm just looking at his like college career. It just didn't work out. Like he had three different offensive coordinators, you know, the, the team to change coaches and it just, you know, it, it just didn't work out that well. I mean, he yeah. did get to play in some bowl games. Like yeah, you know, his senior year was his best year, but he was hurt at the end of that year. I think Adrian Durant, Durant or something was a quarterback. Darian Durant. Yeah. Darian Durant. That's who it was. Yeah. Virginia. He went one and three against Virginia. So, yeah. Yeah, right, back to well, back to what we talked about at the top. All right, real <laughs> quick, Carolina I w- losing the UVA. I want to circle back and and put a put a bow on this thing, but I I, I can't not. Okay, so this is the day that they commit. Um, 10 a.m. Curry and Holly phone Wilmer from Smith's office to make their commitment. The call interrupts a shower. He doesn't mind. An hour later, Blizzard does the same thing. Wilmer and the football staff are stunned. They share the news with Jeff Jones and his staff, and then continue preparing for that night's game against Auburn. Smith asks Hampton assistant coach Lanny Franklin, my uncle Lanny. To fire up the motorhome, the way he figures it, the players can announce their commitment after practice, head to UVA, uh, do interviews with ESPN, which is televising the contest nationally. Virginia officials, citing NCAA rules that prohibit colleges from ranging on-campus interviews of prospects, nixed the ESPN idea. Can we just pause for a hot second? <laughs> All right. In <laughs> This is the sausage being made thing. but So, like, every 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 school has a rival site, right? Every, you know powerful whatever right and i have never heard of any school giving any recruiting publisher or whatever uh static for taking pictures of recruits at games right they're in public they're at a game people take pictures of them yep right at carolina they the guy stands in exactly the spot where all the recruits walk by and they basically stop for each one to take a picture right there's a reason why you very rarely ever see a picture in the database of a recruit at a Virginia game because Virginia won't let us take those pictures. Like they are or talk to them. Yeah, you can't. You can't even if they're dudes you know. You can't just say you know they they whatever. I'm reading. A I mean, story of course it's happened, but you about know, like. a once in a generation talent that basically it seems like got stolen from UVA because Carolina had a lot of money for basketball, right? Like I think that's the gist of it. Now. I'm not going to accuse anybody of nothing. I'm just saying, like, it's hard to read this story about how he was set on his decision for months and then, you know, whatever. Um, and yet at the same time, I mean, here's this, the thing here's this is quaint like little, little note about how, what? no, no, actually you can't talk to ESPN. Can you imagine a scenario now where the number one player in the country commits? He's on campus at a game that ESPN has and they're not going to interview him? That's like the most UVA thing I've ever heard. No, you can't. No, no. ESPN can't talk to him because we can't arrange on-campus interviews. No, ESPN would fly him out to the game. Now. Seriously, ESPN yes. would have would have would have had a would have had a would have had a dude with a camera. It would have been David Teal and a guy sitting next to him with a camera. You know, like oh man, some Jordans in the background. <sighs> man. Wow, I think I'm saltier about it now than I was before. Yeah, we're all we're all retroactively salty. Like, like he, I mean, he wasn't a bad college player. He had some like he was. Yeah, you know, he was. He was yeah, you know, it's not hard to. It's not easy to be a good ACC basketball player or a good ACC football player, and he was both. So for that, and that reason and alone, that's a, that's the thing that I always found weird about it. I'm like, I'm like old enough to remember watching him play at North Carolina and understanding the vitriol he got when he played UVA and like why, right? But I don't, I didn't see his high school. Like I wasn't following his recruitment, right? 
So I always wonder, like, why people got so bent out of shape about it now after the all, fact, knowing you... that he ended up not being that good, you know? But I guess it's just, like, the fact that they were so much promised when they were going to get him, and then, yeah. you know, it just didn't happen, right? Yeah, and think about that timeline. And right? also, he was a different kind of player than – he's not Quinn Blanding, necessarily. He was, like, if Quinn Blanding and Jabri Abdurrahim were, like, the same player, yeah, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think if you think of it, not only we're, we've already discussed, like, losing a connection to the – you know, to a talent-rich area of your your home state, it's also like you know Virginia thought they had them a long time, so they're not going to be actively recruiting other guys. So they had to go to Plan B very late in the cycle. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I and mean, that's tough. I, mean, I don't think. I mean, I know some people close to Mike Vick because like, this has come up on Twitter before, and I think it's Dwight who's obviously said there was no way Michael Vick was going yeah, to Virginia. Yeah, you know, zero like, percent chance. Like, so, I mean, I think that part of the thing gets overblown. But, I mean, it is incredible because, you know, back then it was hard to get any recruiting information. A lot of times you found out about your recruits when they released the roster. Right. Um, you know, unless you were someone who paid for, you know, the publications that, that just covered it or you had someone or you, you had evidently you had David Till writing in your home. And now you have com, a source for Virginia yeah. sports. Yeah, because, I mean, I know at some point we'll do it probably if this – you know, if this craziness continues without a lot of sports, we're, I know Brad and I, and we've talked about it in the text thread, like doing a kind of an oral history of that 2002 class committing to Virginia, which which one of the first classes you had, everyone had access to, um, especially when Virginia was doing well. So, I mean, just it changed so much in that four or five years. Uh, but I do remember seeing Ron Crow in the sideline at games, um, and people knew who he was, which was a big deal for a recruit at that time. Yeah. Yeah, I think anyone with name recognition at that point was a big deal. Like, and now it's yeah. like people, you know, like, you know, and, people know about mid-level three-star players. You know, yeah. like, it's it's just a completely different world now. Um, yeah, I mean, we're kind of used to it happening with Carolina in basketball, um, and ultimately, I think that's probably what won over. It's their, you know, Carolina didn't have a Nike deal because of football; they had a Nike deal because of basketball. You know, oh my god, dude! I, okay, pause. All right, stop, <laughs> stop, dude. You're still reading articles. Yes, I read another one in March. Okay, this this <laughs> this thing just took a turn, and we're an hour and fifteen minutes in, and I can't stop. Okay, this is from when he decommitted and and committed to Carolina at his news conference Tuesday. This is again from the um, esteemed David Teal. Curry said the commitment, he uses commitment in quotes, was a ploy to discourage other schools from inundating with calls. He said the schools he seriously considered, Virginia Carolina, understood he had yet to make a firm decision. Not, nor, Curry said, does he regret using Virginia as all part of a business he maintained. This is Teal. Maybe I'm naive, but I find it, di- find it difficult to believe Curry is that calculating. I believe his commitment in September was sincere. Virginia certainly believed to the point of not recruiting other quarterbacks, including Warwick High's Michael Vick. Smith believed too. Brower wasn't so sure, and he questioned whether Smith... Uh, pressured Curry into selecting Virginia. Curry was caught in the middle between two coaches whose relationship relationship is, at best, strained. Just as Smith kept Virginia coaches informed of every Curry utterance and rumor, Brower had a hotline at Chapel Hill. He played on uh, Curry's NBA yearnings, and soon Curry was telling folks that although his commitment to Virginia was firm, he would visit Carolina and Florida State. It was weird. Like a man engaged to be married announcing he was dating other women, Smith attributed this weirdness to the basketball people. Brower, Boo Williams, and the association each has with Nike. Ah, Nike, the sneaker giant and Trent. This is David Teal. Still, I'm not. This is not me. Okay, yeah. sneaker giant and Trent. Yeah, and recruited, and don't let anyone tell you differently. He attended Nike summer camps three times. His summer league team, coached by Williams, received free Nike product. His high school 
is among the 110 prep teams at the time. Uh, that's me. That Nike supplies with shoes, uniforms, and warm-ups, a relationship that just coincidentally dates to his emergence as a national caliber star. Um, Nike executive George Raveling says it's quote-unquote laughable to accuse the company of steering Curry toward Carolina. He says no one from Nike advised him during any stage of the recruitment a claim he substantiates. But Virginia Athletics Director Terry Holland, a former basketball coach, was so concerned about Nike's motives that he phoned his former colleague. Did Raveling or other Nike officials overtly attempt to influence him? Did they uh, use a future endorsement deal as a carrot? Perhaps not, but Nike naturally prefers Curry at a Nike school, and he is savvy enough to understand that. Williams said he had no stake in Curry's decision yet. Yes, his summer league receives about $10,000 annually from Nike. No, he is not on the, the payroll. Well, he said he wasn't then. Yes, some of his best players, Alonzo Mourne, Allen Iverson, Joe Smith, Tony Rutland, Ace Custis, Curry selected Nike colleges, but others like Bryant Stith, Cornell Parker, J.R. Reed, Carolina was a converse school back then, did not. Williams and others say Virginia's biggest problem was Virginia. The Cavaliers endured their worst basketball season in three decades. Jeff Jones was forced to resign. The media unearthed an internal investigation of possible NWA fractions late in the recruiting calendar. With football, the sport Smith was convinced attracted Curry to Virginia rapidly, becoming an afterthought to Curry. The Cavaliers had little or no chance he would play basketball in North Carolina, but everything changed March the 12th. Curry performed poorly that evening in Hampton State Tournament semifinal loss to Potomac. First time in his career he had not produced on the big stage. His confidence was shaken. Curry looked back toward football, the game he dominates like no other. He requested updated paperwork from Virginia's football coaches and told his friends he was prepared to play both sports for the Cavaliers. Smith took the papers to Curry's home Saturday the 15th. Curry said he would sign, but not until informing Carolina's basketball coaches. Phil Ford urged Curry to wait, and when Virginia's Jones resigned Sunday, Ford smelled blood. He met with Curry in Hampton on Monday, and by that evening, Curry was set to play both sports for the Tar Heels. So there's your what if. What if Jeff So basically Jones, Jeff Jones getting fired. Basically, yeah. Because he because so he's he's right there. He's ready to sign the thing. He's gonna talk to Phil Ford. And within 24 hours, Jones resigns at UVA, Carolina seizes. And uh, this is a pre-internet thing too, so like, yeah, <laughs> maybe this maybe UVA waits a few days. <laughs> like I don't know. Um, well, Virginia thinks they've got him locked up year. at that point, right? I mean, I don't know. It's a our what if podcast. Is, what if what if UNC was the first one to <laughs> to have a sneaker execs? He didn't even, and at this point, to play both sports at Carolina, he didn't even understand the time frame. The last-minute nature of his decision to play both sports was obvious Tuesday as he attempted to explain logistics. He said he'd leave football when basketball practice began in mid-October, but if he's contributing to football, how can he bolt after less than half the season? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always kind of figured, like, exactly what you said before or what Teal said, basically, like, basketball became more of a focus and that's how he ended up there. Yeah. Cause apparently like the whole thing all along was that he was only going to Carolina to play basketball. That like, if he went to Carolina, he would play basketball. If he went to Virginia, he'd play both. But then here he had to, because he had already said Virginia, I guess he felt like he had to say both. And then he didn't even understand how that would work, man. But ultimately it was Nike's fault. <laughs> yes, we blame That's Nike. for the Apparently, second too. week in a row. <laughs> for the second week in a row, our podcast ends with us blaming Nike for. Also, for also, we go back to the very thing at the top, which is Virginia is for Tar Heels. Apparently, yeah. so seriously, which is this kind was... of funny because you can say, like, I mean, it kind of does bring it back around. To, we started talking about Mac Brown's recruiting success, and I, like, I'm not accusing them of cheating. They're using their tools they have, but I will tell you, having talked to players from this area who have been on recruiting trips. Like they spend a good portion of their time getting shown the, the Jordan, Jordan swag yeah. they get. Um, I mean, yeah, sure, yeah, like, and, which is the tool they have. All right, let's uh, let's 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 put a bow on it like this. 
<laughs> the question was, what if Ronald Curry came to UVA? And the answer is, Ronald Curry did come to UVA. He just didn't go to school there. <laughs> no. Um, if Ronald Curry came to UVA... I think hey, he came to see a doctor and then went home. <laughs> that's right. He came on a visit, and, and they wouldn't let him talk to ESPN. Um, I, I do think that if Ronald Curry chose UVA, signed with UVA, played UVA, um, I think his career is very different. It, it, it's clear from just even just these you know rudimentary you know, revisiting of the stories and stuff um, that, that props to the daily press for having stuff from 1997 on their website. Um, but it's pretty clear here that like he, he did not have the sort of um, background with the Carolina football staff. And so the fact that he ended up being a football player, you know, at the professional level, I mean, that's kind of astounding, right? Like think about a recruit who was that rank who that highly ranked who just kind of didn't even really know the staff that he committed to like that's unheard of um but i think it's fair to say that if ronald curry had come to uva everything would be, i think it's fair to say a lot of things would be significantly different now we can't say we can't say with any certainty like oh he would have been great but it's hard to think that like he would have been a bust um, especially because of the familiarity. It's hard he had to read and, that article and think that he could be bad. And even yeah. though that we know that he wasn't that good. Like, well, and it's clear I mean, to, it's clear to it, me that like he, he, that like the Virginia football staff, not just, they didn't just want him. They needed him. Like they, they knew what they were getting. Right. Like, I don't know whether the folks in Chapel Hill, you know what I'm saying? Like I, it, there was a plan in place for him at UVA. There's just no doubt about that. Um, and the fact that he played both sports at Carolina, I mean, that might have been the, the, the thing that, you know, it, it, that's the biggest what if, is what if he, if he just focused on one sport. But. And not just that, they had another player doing the same thing in Julius Peppers at the same time. Yeah. Like, how is that even possible? Like, yeah. that's such a bizarre thing. Like, yeah, <sighs> the Jeff Jones piece is weird. I mean, it did happen around the same time, but let's not forget Mac Brown left. Carolina football and went and took the job at Texas around the same time. Yeah, yeah, no, that that's very true, and that's 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 yeah. the larger point, which so, is like Carolina football was like an afterthought in this whole deal. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, it's. I would love to have Teal give us. <laughs> I would love to have the Teal's like verbal <laughs> discussion of this because I. I don't know if that's allowed at his current gig, but good lord, yeah, yeah, that could be a whole thing. Yeah. Serious. All right. Well, let's uh, let's put a pin in it. That's we made it. So let's see how many questions did I have? I've got what did I say? I had 16, <laughs> Six. I had 15, 16 and a bonus. Right. We have now made it to number uh, five. So, yeah, this might be a three part series. Um, so if you if you listen to this, you don't need to send us any any more questions. We are we're pretty full. If you are somebody out there who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it is that you can get your programs. Um, a review, um, if you're so inclined, would uh, would be very much appreciated. If you're somebody who's found the site, excuse me, found the pod, but has not given us a look at the website, yes, check check us out, CapsCorner.com. Lord have mercy. Uh, we're right now Virginia's in the midst of like a bunch of commitments. That you know, depending on the time of day, um, I mean, heck, they might get one today um, as you listen to us. Um, we got plenty of stuff on that. I just did a really good, well, really good. That's ridiculous, Brad. A really in-depth, I mean, I, I just, he gave me a lot of good stuff. Uh, Jacob Rodriguez, three-star quarterback out of Texas, was a wrestler in Minnesota when he moved to um, the Lone Star State at the age of eight. Always wanted to go out of state, which I, I, was one of the more interesting um, sort of backgrounds. Um, but he was very quickly introduced to Thorderback, um, which I kind of enjoyed. Um, let's see, what else do I have on the site? Uh, 
going into uh, I know Ferber's got a series coming out, and he hasn't told me what it is yet. Um, so that ought to be fun for everybody. Um, let's see. Uh, hit the Fanatics link if it, if you if you if you see it in your podcast app of choice. It's also in the um, content item for the show. Anything that you purchase um, via that link helps to support the show, and we re- very much appreciate it. So again, I want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the program. I want to thank Dave and Ferber for giving graciously of their time as always. I very much appreciate all that they do uh, for the site. So for David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.